0: You are locked on women's basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB or, of course, our work over at the summit at Summit Hoops, two T's in honor of Pat. You can also go ahead and download our app. Make sure you get 24 7 coverage of women's basketball up to and including. Dan Hughes who joins us today Dan uh, I would say is not a relative newcomer to all of you who are listening and we're happy to uh, have you back on on the program getting a chance to talk with you Thank you Howard
0: Appreciate being here
1: Well, place I'd love to start is uh, a sort of downhearted conversation you and I had a couple of years ago uh, after the WNBA draft lottery, uh, where you uh, did not hide your disappointment about the fact that uh, Seattle and not San Antonio uh, got the right to draft Brianna Stewart. I assume your feelings have evolved on this. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I... I actually had a year of working with Mariah Jefferson. And, and I, to be honest with you, it was one of the best years I've ever had with a rookie. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciated that. But there was something about Stewie that was just special to me. Um, and, yeah, that, that was tough to, to realize we didn't get the pill and get a chance to coach her. Because uh, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player that I think has potential to do as many things on the basketball court, just offensively and defensively, as Stewie. She is—you can give her the ball, you, you, she can play without it. She can guard post. She can guard perimeter. Uh, she's a good rebounder. Um, I just had never seen anybody with that kind of package, and so the chance to coach that was something that uh, was is very special. It was special then, and is special
1: now. Right. And it's going to be fascinating to see. I, I want to get into some of the details uh, on the court. But before we do, uh, just if you could take us through the timeline of sort of how this comes about, you know, it's we're used to and we're able to see the conversation to say, um You know, uh, it's time to spend more time with your family, but that's not just a throwaway line for you. I know how important that work-life balance is. So how did you go about reconciling that in your mind and, you know, through those conversations uh, to come back to this game that uh, has been such an important part of your life for so long as well?
0: Uh, That's a good question. You know, I'm a basketball lifer, and even as I stepped away last year, I knew basketball was going to be part of my life, I I was just going to have new kind of opportunities. So I I broadcasted. When anybody would call and ask me to speak or to – I went to Canada. I went to Monterey, Mexico, to the inner city and did clinics. I bounced around the United States. I did locally. I went to the Haven of Hope and worked with kids there anything I was asked to, I wanted to give back to basketball, but there were things I wanted to do. Right. And I arrived, I arrived this summer and, and I'm, it was odd. I wasn't sure how I feel about watching WNBA, you know, and I really enjoyed it. I, I was a good fan. I mean, I look forward to it every night. It was on TV or I'd stream, you know, I, I bought the package. How's that? I bought the WNBA package. After <laughs> I bought it and I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it. It's a fan. Uh, but as the summer went on, I'm doing these different things. I got to see my kids in the way I wanted to. Uh, my, my daughter just had a, a little girl, Penny, uh, granddaughter. So I was with her. And she has three other I have three others, and my son went through basic training. He's a now a freshman and basketball player at the Air Force Academy, and so I had time with them. But then I, you know, I'm in the summer, and I'm you know, the thing that's kind of Missing is the teaching part. Nothing that I'm doing is fulfilling that part in me to be a teacher. That 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 that, that part. So I I noticed that I talked to my wife. Well, this opportunity kind of came. It, it wasn't something that I planned. I didn't plan to step away and step back in. But when this opportunity came, and I I started thinking about it first. Inside of me, it was the honestly the next thing that I wanted to do in basketball. I, I had that feeling inside of me, but I needed to look across the table to my wife, and she was the one who really sold me. I mean, right from the beginning, she looked back at me and said, "You got to do this," mm-hmm. and and I and, and I could see the excitement. And and we'll be married 40 years, and and you know, it's it's my, my kids are now off on their own, so to speak, and. It's her and I. But then I went to my daughter and I went to my son. And I just kind of said, what do you think? And they both came back to me with that same energy. you got to do this. And so I felt this, from them the same thing I was feeling inside of me, that this is a fit. Because for me to do it, Howard, I, I, I needed to step away from being GM. I needed to have confidence in somebody to do that. Like Alicia, who I think is very, very good, and thinks in a way that she'll be able to 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 help get us players that kind of fit what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just wanted to coach. I just wanted that teaching element that I was missing, and I wanted to do it at a at, at a at a position that is a little bit farther along. I've always been in situations where we rebuild, right? And I, I I didn't want to go I. I didn't want to jump into that process. I wanted to jump into a process that was a little farther along and that, that we can now make the next jump, which would put us in a quest to be the best.
1: And and so let's speak to that specifically, because when you go back to you know your team that made uh, the WNBA Finals in 08 in San Antonio or just those terrific Cleveland teams, Defense was really the hallmark. If you weren't uh, top in uh, defensive rating and defensive efficiency in the league, you were right near the top uh, in those areas. You had the most success. Do you see that as the center of the identity of what you would be building in Seattle? Is that where it starts for you? Yes.
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, if you look at, you know, they won 15 games last year. They won 16 the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, they're, they're fun to watch. I mean, um, I'm just going to try not to screw them up. But, but, but defensively, but I think when you look at some of the inconsistency, they, they, they had a great role delineation and they had an offensive mindset. And But I think the real consistency in the WNBA and maybe in basketball in general is when your defense is in order. And when you're rebounding is in order, and that is what is important for me, so that we can consistently find ways to win games and get that to a level that um, you're, you're not just an offensive mindset. It's it's a uh, two-in mindset where we can win some games defensively uh, as we try to find our our streak offensively
1: and, and that's they, what with, oh I'm sorry no go ahead no no, no I, I just they got some
0: offensive games that are quite impressive you know I'm, I'm up to, I've watched them a lot during the year periodically but I, now I'm up to about game 16 or 17 of the mm. season I just watched them play Dallas on the road I'll tell you what they're they're, they're, they're they were amazing amazing offensively but Then they could also turn around and struggle the next game where they didn't have that same kind of flow and score.
1: Well, well, and so that's what I'm curious about, specifically to the balance between tactics and buy-in. You you had a little-known assistant in Cleveland, uh, I, who's gone on to do a couple of things uh, named Cheryl Reeve. And she always talks about the buy-in and the way in which people are so committed 100%. And, you know, you looked at L.A. and Minnesota, and they were 1-2 and two in defense. And, obviously, Brian uh, Agler has been doing this for, you know, decades, going back to the ABL days. Do you see... A buy-in change that needs to take place, or do you see tactically just some different things that you can or plan to do with this roster? Whether it's uh, utilizing uh, Brianna Stewart in a different way, someone who's such a versatile defender. Whether it's uh, you know looking and hoping that Alicia is bringing in uh, some some different bids. I mean, you know, how do you sort of square that circle in your mind?
0: I, I think all of the above. I think you've hit on. I mean, if if, if you're going to take on a respect for the defensive end and a respect for the rebounding, then um, I, I think it's got to encompass a little bit of the decisions you make to add to team. I think it's got to encompass a little bit of focus and buy-in. You know, uh, Alicia Clark is very important to me because I kind of need other people. She, to me, is the type of defender that I want to influence her teammates to be and I want to add some of those pieces to this group because if you want true consistency in professional basketball and I would include the NBA in this you've got to have buy-in and you've got that and and sometimes people you know they they talk defensively and they make statements like well anybody can play defense and it's just it's like rebounding you know you just got to want well I think that desire is very important but I don't agree that Anybody can do it. I think mm-hmm. at the professional level, you've got to have some pieces that make sense when they buy in, that they're going to make you better defensively. And so we have to, all the above you talked about, we have to invest uh, a priority in so that we can develop a respect for both ends of the floor and we can win games with both ends of the floor.
1: So to that end, when you think about winning games at both ends of the floor – just specific to Brianna Stewart, I'm curious what you see, and and just from from this perspective, I see someone who came in the lead on day one was a top ten, maybe even a top five player, uh, and a true two way player, and and a vital and justifiable candidate for Defensive Player of the Year as a rookie. Uh, it seems like in year two there wasn't any sort of step back, but not necessarily a step forward and I don't know whether even asking that of her game is a fair thing uh, considering how many things she did exceptionally well upon entering the league. I just I wonder when you sort of think of what her arc is supposed to be, what her next steps look like in your mind?
0: I think that's a a really good question. I think uh, to that end uh, being very direct, uh, I, I do think that she uh, defensively is incredibly powerful in what she can do. Now, should she guard Brittany Griner for forty minutes? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, but but could she spend a few key minutes on her? Yes. So I think role delineation is important for her defensively. Mm-hmm. But I also think Stewie is young, and there's certain times that I will ask her to have a focus at the defensive end that uh, kind of sets the stage for her teammates to play off of. And, but I'm also going to put her in... Situ- like um, I'm also going to, in certain ways, I think, use her defensively, which makes more sense for what you're asking her offensively to do. And... Um, I'm not talking so much about her level of defense, but the physicality she has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think, and it makes sense to me, and I understand why she was played that way. There's times in the game, and I'll be the same way. I'll, I'll put her on somebody who's big, physical, and and say, hey, you know, you, you get us the job done. But I probably won't do it for you.
1: It, it's a fun challenge to have when so, somebody has a broad yeah. base of skills like that uh, to be able to figure yeah. out sort of, you, you know, uh, which and uh, how to mix and match it. It would be fascinating to see. As far yeah. as as far as Sue Bird goes, when you envision her role, I wonder, and, you know, I was talking to some members of the Summit staff about this, uh, about the parallels between how you used Becky Hammond uh, in, uh, especially later on in her career, and whether you see a similar role for Sue. I'm curious how you would define it.
0: No, I... I... I see a lot of similarities uh, in, in in that process. First of all, um, you just got to understand that part of the reason I think when this job came on, my uh, mm. my, my field was uh, uh, of looking at it and saying, "Hey, this, this is possible." Uh, the chance to be involved with Sue Bird and have her walk off the court another time as a champion Mm -hmm. that just motivates the heck out of me uh just the heck out of me but like i watch sue and um i think in terms of becky too uh in regard to i want to have some structure for sue that she can be herself and she does some things that are just just amazing uh, but also some structure that she can go to that helps a little bit. Um, diversify her a little bit. Sue is still to me one of the absolute best shot makers in the game. Mm-hmm. Shot makers. And I would be and that's the same way. There were times where I want to make sure I'm taking advantage of Sue Bird off the ball as well as with the ball. Mm-hmm. And I I want
1: to
0: have the ability to uh, choreograph movement without the ball and help her in situations.
1: And and I guess to that end, is that where a further development of Jewel Lloyd comes into play? And and the reason I ask that is there seems to be, and it's... Logical relatively early in her career, and because she is uh, such an effective scorer and a playmaker at the same time, but sort of an unknown as to whether is is Jewel this uh, preeminent one when she reaches her full potential? Is she the best uh, two in this lead? Is it some sort of mixture? That's the real question, I think, for her development. And do you see it as sort of a co-ownership of that playmaking uh, that allows you to have Sue off the ball more? Yes. Um, and I think
0: even structure-wise, like I want to create play with, with, with uh, Jewel and, and Stewie uh, in the middle of the floor, on the backside, what have you. And I want to put Sue Bird in some situations where defense has got to make a decision uh, on helping or hanging at home. Because so Jewel, and I've talked with Jewel already a little bit, and I'm very excited to coach her. And one of the things that I've asked her to, that we want to work on is her handle a little bit. You know, Um, I, I think she gets the spots on the floor, and she has been trained so well in getting on balance in those spots and I think she is a willing make the right basketball play player, and I love that, but I want to diversify her a little bit too. I want her to be able to put us into offense so that when you match up against her you're you're in a bit of a dilemma you know uh-huh. the, the ball's going to end up in her hands in some ways that that uh, as we look at people matching us up. so I think you're right on target the more jewel can. Uh, get us into offense as well as be the player you are. It just allows a beautiful chemistry between her, Stewie, and Sue, um, and that—that's one of the focal points to me. Is and, and like when I'm seeing it on tape right now, when you put when you put the, those two together, Stewie and, and Jewel, in whatever form, you, you could get the ball to Stewie in some cases. A little bit like Golden State does. action or she screen those players are going to make some beautiful basketball if we can get them in those spots
1: consistently and no question about it and i I would imagine to the fan base listening uh that is going to be a fair amount of withdrawal thinking about the long months of the season until that starts again and a chance to see it i'm curious from your perspective it's sort of a a a two-part Uh, thought about this. One is that coming into 2017 a common assumption was Minnesota and LA were at the top Seattle was in place to be potentially that next great team. Uh, You look at them in terms of personnel, you look at them in terms of where they are in the success cycle, it still seems like that's an opportunity although perhaps Connecticut has jumped the line in that way. To that end, a team that you know, ultimately uh, did not advance in the playoffs. Do you see Seattle as a title contender in 2018 uh, for you? And uh, do you think that uh, looking and aiming for a championship is something in year one that is logical and realistic? Um,
0: I think it's possible. And I'm kind of about the present with this group. Mm -hmm. And now, I think we have to look at each other and say, you know what, we haven't been, we we haven't done that. So this is new ground, you know. But um, I think that we have to take steps. I'm not coming in and saying we are there right now, mm-hmm. but we need to take steps in this season, and we need to understand that as we. Put this team together as we practice, as we look at each other, we have a quest to be the best. And we're not saying this is a three-year plan. We're talking about the evolution through the season. Now, I don't think we'll start there. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to accept what goes with trying to be the best. And I think we need to take that on day one. I'm not running from that. I'm wanting our, but, but but I don't want this false potential thing. I want us to earn because uh, we haven't earned yet the right to say we are there. But I think this season coming up is about us earning each of those steps.
1: Interesting, and, and that certainly makes sense. I, I guess the other part of that is for you, you know, someone who has done basically everything there is to be done in this game. And, uh, you know, your career parallels the growth and evolution of this league as well. When you see last night, you see that championship handed out. How much is thinking about adding that opportunity for you, for not just for you personally, but to be able to bring a group together and earn that championship, part of what brings you back to this as well? Yeah, that's, that, that's an excellent question.
0: And it, I, I would be lying to you. If I'm not watching that environment, which I thought was electric, yeah. and uh, just so I, I'm just so excited that the WNBA is creating, and that and, and Minnesota and their fans, to their credit, is creating that kind of environment. But it would be wrong if I'm not sitting in my bedroom as I watched this last night and thinking about, you know what, Seattle would have supported exactly like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We put them in that situation. But they they would have the same kind of of uh, reaction to to that moment, and that is exhilarating because um, I know even in San Antonio when we played in the finals in two oh eight, but galvanizing a community for a moment like that, um, you know, I, I'm a basketball guy and I'm about that, but we're all human. When you do something that's that large in a in a community that you that you represent, uh, that is incredibly inspiring. And I saw it last night, and in my head, I thought, you know what? If we put Seattle in the same situation, they'd react just like Minnesota did.
1: It'll it'll be a great parade, and uh, we're certainly all looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Dan Hughes, thank you, and please express thanks to your family for uh, giving uh, you back to us here in the women's basketball community. Best of luck to you.
0: I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you all do for our sport. Um, I love the I've always been about let's let's let people really look into into the WNBA, into women's basketball. You all do a great job of that. Pat Summit was where I got that from. Uh, she was a great promoter of letting people look into the game, study it, and then appreciate these players and what they do. And uh, her embracing of me is still one of the things that touches my heart because. Uh, for some reason, she took a liking to me uh, very early in my career and has meant the world to me that that I was able to be around her just to learn. Uh, and so I appreciate your, 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 your uh, focused look at our sport. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Glad to do it and uh, look forward to speaking with you soon.